Hi, everyone. This is Jen Schwartz. I am the founder of Think Fit, Be Fit podcast and am a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detailed-oriented personal trainer. I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast covers a spectrum of topics related to answering the question, how can we continually improve ourselves with an effective fitness approach? The answer is a set of thinking skills from the intersection of exercise mechanics, anatomy, physiology, and embracing curiosity. The human body is a wonderful teacher if you know how to listen to it. Being open and having fun is part of that process. Today, I'm doing a short monologue before I we before we you're going to listen to a conversation between Rachel and I on basically the miserable mistakes that she's made in her running career. (laughs) Uh, We're laughing, we're having fun. And basically, we are showing you that failing isn't always a bad thing in exercise especially if you look at it with the training mindset. There are two, there are a couple of different mindsets that you can have with exercise, um, more than a couple. One is that you can be a professional exerciser and that you're just clocking in, clocking out and getting the hours in that you believe that you need. And somebody may have told you this and you may have even paid that somebody, but the truth is, Uh, There are no rules to exercise and your body is very unique and it has its own tolerances and it has its own structure. So being a professional exerciser will only get you superficial results. You really have to embrace a process of growth and change and being uncomfortable and potentially measuring things as well Um, and sacrificing other things uh, like social events or or I don't know, you can have it all like me, but it's taken a while. That's all, that's all I'm saying. But anyways, um, the episode is fun. But on the serious side of things, um, I have to tell you, there's consequences to having too much fun with your exercise and not paying attention to how your body responds to exercise. A hundred million Americans are living in chronic pain. This can impact a person's life it will and has devastated our healthcare system. It changes your muscular system and the stress tolerance of the muscle system. When the muscle system is not uh, at a, it is at operating as a, a low stress threshold or a tolerance, the health of other systems are is at risk. And I believe that exercise can be been can be medicinal in so many ways and that you can't be a professional exerciser mindset and get the results of exercise being medicine. Exercise is associated with health. We know that. Exercise and chronic pain, they have a common denominator and that's inflammation. Inflammation is seen as a normal part of the exercise process. Although science is unlocking different reasons for this, We're not sure the exact uh, mechanisms all the time, but inflammation is part of the process. In a small window of time after you exercise, 
your immune system has to clean up the damage that you did with the stress of any given exercise, whether that be running, yoga, um, squats, half squats, full squats. It doesn't matter. It's a stress to your body, depending on where you're at. Many of the wonderful and sometimes medicinal benefits of exercise, um, they break down tissue, and that is what the inflammatory process is. Do some tissues get stuck in the inflammatory process? Can you make the inflammatory process a systematic response from too much exercise? What is too much exercise for your system? I don't know. It's complicated. Um, there's a lot of gray area. And to think that this subject is black and white is frankly cheap and silly. It's full. The, it, the answer to those questions is there's a lot of variables and a lot of things to measure. And there's a lot of reasons your body protects itself and causes pain. Um, anyone can inflict this. A trainer, a prof you know, a trainer, uh, your gym teacher, your coach. Um, compounding stress over and over and over again and inflicting too much muscle soreness is a bad idea. If you are a competitive athlete listening to this, you must do everything you can to ensure that your recovery process is good and efficient or you'll end up injured at some point. And maybe that's the cost of doing competitive exercise or competitive sports. This may seem far-fetched, but I've witnessed this materialize in clients from a, a woman having uh, a, you know, a child in her 30s and immediately afterwards having an autoimmune condition that, you know, like uh, rheumatoid arthritis because of stress compounding in her system and being basically addicted to exercise. This is a slow buildup. It doesn't happen in one workout. It happens months when you go to the gym day in and day out and just do it, as Nike says, over and over and over again. I believe that you shouldn't just do it. I think you need to think about things and not exceed your tolerances over and over and over again. My job as a muscle activation technique specialist is to help people understand those tolerances. MAT supplies the nervous system with a solution to overdid it. It can speed up recovery and well, your body can also recover from exercise, but it takes time and rest and good nutrition. By improving the communication between the nervous system and the muscle, MAT does improve this, uh, it speeds up the recovery process. I believe that this topic is worth poking at over and over and over again, because we can't hear it enough. You can't do too much exercise and expect fantastic results. It's again, it's cheap. Um, my mission is to help you understand, uh, to main, if that, if you want to maintain weight and a healthy body, it is much more than hours on a treadmill and judging your self-worth. It can be done with healthy changes to the muscular system and learning about how amazing your body is and that it has the power to do so many things. You just haven't been made aware of it yet. Exercise can boost your vitality and your energy. Today, after your workout, it can boost your vital vi vitality and energy. And as you age, it can 
boost these things. Uh, supporting your posture and healthy joints has a lot to do with taking care of the large and vast muscular system. By taking care of your posture muscles and um, paying attention to how you're moving joint by joint, you are also going to be able to do bigger exercises that have bigger rewards, such as gaining muscle and losing fat. Um, today's episode, as I mentioned, is a pre-recorded conversation with Rachel Garman. We mostly laugh about her miserable running stories. We mention broken people and failing in the pursuit of goals. We also mention breaking through mental barrier, mental barriers in his successful zero miles to a marathon training story. What ties these ideas together? Chronic pain and goofy exercise experiences. It's all about learning to fail safely. I believe that exercise is a tool to beat the chronic pain epidemic and that leaders in the exercise industry have a responsibility to educate the fitness buyers on anatomy so that we can grow a better appreciation for taking care of our bodies. I believe that we all have the power to upgrade our muscle systems and mental models of exercise and health. What you thought you knew about exercise, get rid of it and spend some time with me and my podcast because the consequences of failing at exercise, which is easy to do, futile exercises are advertised everywhere. It will lead you down a path of chronic pain to chronic pain and maybe worse, chronic disease. Um, have a system in place to build resilient habits. Avoid patterns of goals without a system of habits. That is the takeaway from this upcoming episode with Rachel. I look forward to hearing from you and enjoy. Personally, my, my body is doing well. It's moving well. It's pooping well. <laughs> and so important. it's so important and resting well um, that I want to bottle up and keep that mm -hmm. process going, that chemical and physiological reactions. So um, I guess where I'm going is the negative side of um, – what is it? The, the, the paint by numbers negative side, because I, I don't think we can stress that side enough to our clients and our audience, because the cost of not changing your mindset is surgery, mm -hmm. opioids, yep. um, your endless PT, endless PT. <laughs> You know, and like, sorry, that's where a lot of my income comes from yeah. is that people that have right. done that to themselves and now they're, they're changing their mindset too late, mm -hmm. not too late, but they have to spend thousands of dollars a year to keep their body upright. People are resistant because everything you get in the magazines on TV and, you know, websites is go to the gym and do this. And then, you know, over and over again, there's not this, you know, Things don't talk about goals in the way like when people who exercise have goals, there's typically like, well, I want to look better or I want to move like there's not a or like lose this amount of weight. There's not this mindset of like, OK, you want to lose weight, but do you want to lose body fat? Do you want to lose muscle? Do you want to like like there's not these they don't set up metrics to judge. Like when you're training, you have this idea that things are going to change 
laterally. Like you might not get heavier numbers on your squat per se for me, but I suddenly have a tolerance at a higher weight to do more reps at 80% of my one rep max. Like there's this, you take those, you notice those things when you're just exercising, you don't notice those things and you get bummed out and you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to do the next thing that I can be okay at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then eventually you burn out on that decision fatigue mm -hmm. and then you stop exercising. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, putting you down that path of medication and blah, 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 because, you know, your body's going to stop working and the medical world's going to offer you a solution oh, yeah. to help fix it. And then you're going to take it and then you have to take another medication to cover up the symptom. So anyways, stay fit, people. <laughs> <laughs> Please, well. muscle mass, move well. Yeah, oh, it's, gosh. you know, it's even when working with clients because it's, um, so I used to run a lot more than I do now. Um, <laughs> lifting weights oh, and running yes, is not, yeah. running. <laughs> um, so I've worked with a few clients and one of my greatest success stories was I took a woman from like zero to marathon in like the perfect amount of time. Um, and it was a lot of teaching her that we were only really going to have her run three, maybe four days a week. And that was purposefully to train her of doing different short distance speeds of different long distance, but really giving her a lot of breaks in there because her body was not going to be able to handle. Did she give you a lot of resistance? She luckily went with it because she trusted me. And I was like, you are one of the first people. And it was because she came and she, like, I took a lot of convincing her in the first week. She's like, are you sure I shouldn't run more? Are you sure? She would still listen to me. Mm -hmm. And like, she slowly but surely like kept listening to me. And it was like, trust me, we're getting you through this. Um, but then you have other people who, I've encountered who are like, well, the race is now five weeks away and I've done nothing. So I'm just going to cram it in. And it's like, doesn't work like that. Yeah. I mean, can we talk about running and this yeah. for the next like 20 minutes? Yeah. So uh, how many races Mad. have you ran? Um, how old are you? Like 25? How old am I? 29. Yeah. 29. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I look so young. I mean, I look <laughs> like I'm 12, but um, with I have run. Oh, God. Half marathons is above 15 I don't I haven't counted and I've run four marathons um of those marathons I've effectively trained for one of them um <laughs> I'll self-admit to being yeah. like it took a while for me to call myself a runner uh because I just I was just like I want to run this I've got asthma I'm gonna figure it out so I now own that I was a runner um I mean it wasn't that fast but I ran so in hindsight you trained for one I trained for one yeah. like I will self-admit but you didn't like when you were not training you, you I was still you like sing. putting in the, yeah. yeah I wasn't like I'm not training for this right though one of them I almost basically didn't train for um it was a long well I got burnt out from the first one and I put my second one real close to the first one uh so yeah. I was that person like how do you cram in uh but people do that they will yeah it's but it's you can cram your marathons close together or even your halves close together if you've not just done a dead stop in training and yes. gone. Uh, I did a hard dead stop. But yeah, so I was when I decided to do my first marathon, it was on a complete whim. I had done one half and I convinced a friend of mine. I was like, we're doing a marathon. Uh -huh. um, I'm the worst best friend you can ever have. And I doubt that. <laughs> She was in for it. She hates me. But I, I would have you in my corner right? <laughs> if we if we were going to fight something. <laughs> yeah, she. I got her to do two in the end. Um, but we did. We signed up for one and it was the dopey challenge down in Disney, uh, oh, which yeah. is the 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. That was how I was going to do my first. So first problem, we're not set up for success well. Um, and I just went into like 
raining if that like I just was like, okay, I'll follow this plan of running. Mm -hmm. Um, But there wasn't that idea of changing tempos, of taking rest days, of what are the strength exercises. It was just like today I'm running three miles, tomorrow I'm running four, this weekend I'm running 10 and then I'm running 15. Like there wasn't this um, and I got through it because I have an iron will of I will finish what I started. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was burnt out at the end because it didn't go the way I wanted to. Which hindsight, it makes sense why it didn't (laughs) go. Uh, And the next one I did was 12 weeks later was in Paris Marathon. And I was so burnt out from how the France in France (laughs) ran in France. They have cheese there. They do. Um, But yeah, so I ran in Paris and I. (laughs) <laughs> I luckily had a good friend who looked at me one day as I was kind of doing some CrossFit classes and he goes, are you going to train for the next marathon? And I was like, mm. uh, and so we crammed in training interval training. So we mixed in intervals. So that saved me. That's a little bit of an experiment. It's an you're, experiment. you're, you're yeah. tapping on the door. I was of getting there. training. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what is this thing? So we were, you know, experiment, you know, so I learned a bit more about that. Um, and then the third one I did was just for kicks and giggles. Um, I did the dopey challenge again. And it was with two other people, and uh, we just did it for kicks and giggles. So not so for time. So that's in Disney in, like, the fall, late uh, fall? January. January, okay. Yeah, so I just did that one for kicks and giggles. We were like, let's ride some rides during the marathon. Um, So in 2016, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon, and I got someone on board to write me and work with me on an actual training program because I realized as much knowledge as I have, because I am also scared of things, I will not write the things I need to do. And I will self-admit to that. Like, okay. I get scared. Like, I can tell anyone and I can sit down and write a training plan. But when it comes to me. Dude, I'm, I used to be this way yeah. about budgeting. <laughs> like, Someone like, tell me yeah, what it's to like, do. It's like, extra, like, actually training and budgeting have a lot in so common. Much. There's so much. Yeah. But the, yeah, it's, it's yeah. scary. Like, sometimes, you're, it's, sometimes your own goals scare yourself and you don't want to take ownership of that. So then you do, like, I mean, I fall into this self-sabotage mode. So I finally was like, I just need someone else to do it because I will listen like if, as much as I want my clients. So I got someone on board and it changed the game and we actually trained. So there was a reason for the things I was doing. I was doing tempo runs. I was doing the trainings of, you know, half mile sprints, half mile jogs. Like there was purpose to what I was doing and it was all setting up to actually be ready for race day, which is that training mod- modality of you train for the race, but also at that day you show up and you see what happens because things can change or go wrong or go right in a perfect way. Um, you don't know what happens till you get there, but if you're ready for it, your body will handle it. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And yeah. I PR'd it. Uh, who'd have thought? <laughs> who'd have thought that training will? And I PR'd it. Yeah. Um, so much to unpack. Yeah. One, I'm fascinated because I hate running. <laughs> I hate most runners. <laughs> I don't, but um, I don't get it. So I'm a very, um, I don't like it till it's over. So I don't know mm. why I keep trying to get it. Like it was one, it became one of those things with this marathon of like, I'm going to get this right. I'm like, I'm stubborn in a weird way. Mm. It's the same way. I know I want to try an ultra marathon at some point in my life. Uh, yeah. Cause I know I will get you, through it. Okay. One, are you a good runner? You mean by time? I'm a mediocre runner. Does does your body like it? Sometimes. Sometimes. It likes long distances at a it steady pace. It likes long distances. It does not let's, like. Let's like, like yeah. what's the pace? Like if you see a pace on your, you know, like when you're, mm-hmm. this is my pace that I like to train. Uh, what is it? I like a good 930. 
9.30. Because I will okay. last, like, I will get into, when I can get in the zone, and I think that was always the hard part, was training to get into the zone of running. Uh, oh. If I can get in the zone, I will hold a pace forever. I'm not one of those runners that's ever going to pick up my pace. Like, I was always jealous of the people that did negative splits. I'm like, okay. how do you do that? My body, once it's got its pace, we are holding there. Like, I've had, I ran a five-mile race once, and I had a group of women that I noticed were conglomerating around me. And eventually they all were like, we just really liked your pace and you've held it steady the last few miles. So we were wondering if we could just keep with you. So it was mm. me and 10 other women finished this race together because oh, they nice. just enjoyed yeah. my uh, pace. You're like the Labrador of uh, running. Yeah. Um, I love a good steady. Like once I find <laughs> my pace on that day, I'm like, this is this is where we're staying. This um, is okay. So. um, Hmm. Yeah, my body doesn't, it's not like asthma gets in the way yeah. of it a lot. So it was one of those fascinating things if it goes well or it doesn't go well. And some days it was great. Um, and some days it wasn't, but it, I think, fascinated me in a way of it wasn't exactly, my body wasn't exactly designed to run long distances, but it fascinated me that it could. And it yeah. fascinated me that I could train it too and that I could get it to shift what it's capable of. Yeah, I get the fascination part. Do you think that? I don't know. Um, I did a marathon once. <laughs> it was in Munich at Oktoberfest. That's a choice. Yeah, that was a choice. <laughs> and I chugged almost mm. a half a beer, Ugh. and people cheered for me. Nice. So that was my marathon. I like it. Yeah, it's, good. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good. It's a good marathon. Yeah, I always like. I go through really rough phases with running uh and like 20 mile runs all of my 20 mile runs sucked every single one of them was you have to convince me i'm i'm convinced yeah like it, i mean like <laughs> just like sobbing cry fest i hate it everything nothing was going right like it's apparently i just need everything to go wrong for it to go right dang i know yeah well I, that yeah so this is fascinating because I am coming from the world. I'm I'm very biased towards muscle function, mm -hmm. the nervous system, how it operates. And like we were talking about in our initial Smash Fest, yeah. you know, podcast was that trusting my body mm -hmm. is still new to me. Yeah. Yeah. And going outside of my comfort zone is also, you know, a thing for me. Yep. So... Hmm. Because I did it back. so fearlessly as a soccer player. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was very as fear and a skier down. You know, it's downhill skilling, skiing, and um, it's it's fascinating what you have to mentally decide to overcome or what mental barriers you decide to put. Yeah. In place, like I've put, I put in. I think that's why running fascinates me. I put in this barrier when I was younger that I won't be a runner because I have asthma. And then mm -hmm. at a certain point, especially when I got into fitness training and being a personal trainer and really delving into that and the science and the fact that it's like, no, you can change your body. And so it just became this fascination of, well, how far can we change it? Mm -hmm. um, and that was, you know, as learning what like to train for a race was, is to learn is where you start to learn your good days and your bad days. And you learn what expectations to set and what days to let go and just move like Mm -hmm. you learn mm -hmm. that there are days that you're yeah, back to the trust and confidence yep. and and you learn that there are the days that you you can set up and say this is going to go well and there are the other days it might not be going well but you're like you know what we're moving mm -hmm. we'll reassess later mm -hmm. but today right, right now i'm going to get through this piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. and then it's a rest day tomorrow and then we'll figure it out um mm. no. so knowing me and 
that you've coached me yeah. in learning lifting, would you say, what would you say would be good for me to, if I want to conquer this, I want to get out of my comfort zone? Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me, like, what is your advice? I mean, the thing is, is just finding ways that feel safe that are also pushing that limit. It's pushing that, you know, you talk about like, it's, it's pushing yourself in different ways. It's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, but in a reasonable way. It's not, you know, immediately being like, we're going to do this crazy thing that you think is impossible. It's slowly nudging you mm. in that, in that direction. It's a slow, well, yeah. you know, it's getting, you know, it's built that trust and we've seen it over the last few weeks of training. I've, well, of what, I, I feel like I make yeah. little breakthroughs. You do. And yeah. that's, and it's. And it's trusting and it's highlighting those moments because mm -hmm. often in training we'll highlight what's not going well. Yeah. Rather than like this thing went well, you know, it, like that, you know, depth is there, that trust is there, um, getting that. Yeah. Body. To I call trust. them small wins. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a coaching thing. In the yeah, <laughs> all the small. Wins. I mean, yeah, that's what I do with my athletes. We we count up the small wins. Yeah, and it's and, it's yeah. uh you know it's when you train or when you put a program together it's putting in the things that comfort someone so it's you want to give them the thing that they feel confident in because you want to build that confidence and then it's also pushing that what are the things you're uncomfortable with mm. and pushing in that training mm -hmm. and where are the spaces that you're uncomfortable mm -hmm. um it's for me uh it's using my arms in the snatch a little bit more i like to not pull i like to just go all legs and hope for the best <laughs> see what happens but it's getting uncomfortable with that pull and just mm -hmm. like driving that and i've everything's you know um, with lifting, you usually lift from the floor. I'll lift from above the knees because it forces me into that uncomfortable grip for mm. reps on reps on reps on reps. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also things that's like, this feels nice. I like this. We can go back to this. Um, but it's when I'm programming for people and even, you know, working with you, we start in very specific ways and then we get to the uncomfortable stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, you always want to give people the cookie that they want mm -hmm. and then you give them the salad. Mm. Like, and then maybe a little cookie at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that's a good sandwich for... <laughs> cookie salad sandwich. <laughs> for um, setting up your own training mindset, mm -hmm. right? Put Would you say you yeah. have to figure out where the little cookies are mm -hmm. and the small wins? So yeah. I think to speculate, I mean, I'm almost like, you know, I, I know the outcome here, but... Um, you would need to know more about how your body moves. Mm -hmm. If you're in tune with your body, would you say you get that from muscle activation techniques? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Feeling like feeling range things. of motion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, that process is interesting with athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, because the better athletes are better compensators. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. And so in this in my in the think fit be fit model that is kind of it's logical and you know sometimes mm -hmm. mm, solve for x, you know, algebraic like um you know figuring out uh what it is that can get small measurements and small wins. Mm -hmm. And whew, and not not blowing past your active range of motion mm -hmm. too soon. Yeah. Um, because it can, you know, um, it's fascinating to me, like 
how fast you can change somebody's comfort zone. Phys- like we're talking about literal, literal comfort zone, right. not the comfort zone we were talking about before, which is my own mental mm-hmm. constraints Block, and yeah. my own mental image of what mm-hmm. I should be doing and what I can't do because of my knees. Yep. Um, but the physical. Yeah. The, when you gain range of motion mm-hmm. and you hadn't had it in a long time, whether that be through muscle activation techniques, ART, um, insert any stretching or chiropractic modality. Um, when you have an increase in range of motion, um, it feels really good to move, but sometimes you have to tune in better with your body to make it understand that you're doing a bigger range of motion mm-hmm. or moving deeper. I know for my squats, that's certainly true because yeah. the depth of my squat has definitely mm-hmm. changed under your guidance. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm adding in some power lifting mm-hmm. to increase my overall, um, I guess, metabolic, like, I don't know, like increase the overall effect of exercise yeah. so I can safely get um, the benefits of explosive exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, today I posted this deadlift I did, and I'm yeah. very proud of that. Like that form is just perfect. Solid Um, deadlift. Yeah. And I mean, and it was worth taking the little steps Mm -hmm. and counting the small little wins to get that. Because when you do a quality deadlift, you are hitting every joint in your body. Yep. Muscles in your fingers to your neck. Obviously, your hips are... um, fired up and moving mm-hmm. and there's so much benefit to that your brain is learning you're you know you're expanding your comfort zone you're expand your <laughs> your teric your esoteric yep. comfort zone <laughs> not the you know yep um but all that stuff like makes us younger it does and it's, it's so good yeah, for us it's it's getting people to understand you know you have people who are like i can't squat my knees uh you're not alone in that. Um, but it's getting people to understand the comfort zone and like, yeah, we're not going to, we're not looking for all the way, you know, as grass as it's called. Like, sure, very few people start off with that keen ability. Um, yeah. And it's it's get, getting your comfort zone back. And like the first time you actually, for people who have not properly squatted before, the first time they feel actually back in their heels and using the glutes, they feel like they're going to fall backwards. Like yep. that's a tariff. They're like, what's this in there? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> it feels weird. And it's, and it's getting that comfort zone, but it's, you know, you also have the people who I was blessed with the ability to be an astrograph squatter, but I didn't know how to control that. Well, th- I think there's something when we talk about small wins, oh. I think there's something to doing what your body mm-hmm. is good at, yeah. you know, feels nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a really good sprinter. Nice. Yeah. I have huge glutes. And long femurs. I don't. Yeah. I'm and really I'm, good at squatting. Uh, fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, supposedly, it's not a fact. It's not been proven. Okay. Fun thing. Fun thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that the world's fastest sprinters are in a typical over-pronator position, by the way. Yep. Because you don't have to take as long to clamp down on the ground and re and, and get kinetic energy from the ground and release it into supination of the foot 
Okay, so if those of you that don't know me, I am a huge nerd for biomechanics and kinematics and how the body moves and energy. Um, so that um, but anyways, where was I going? Yeah, Yeah. so you know, I'm doing what your body is like good at. So like Michael Phelps is going to be good Mm -hmm. at swimming. He's got a huge torso, and that means motors. Yep. <laughs> lots of rotation, lots of push yep. and pull through the water. A pitcher, uh, a good typical, a, a typical like baseball pitcher is going to have the opposite, very mm-hmm. long legs and uh, yeah, and probably some, well, rotation of the shoulder, but yeah. um, definitely lots of hip power. Mm-hmm. Um, weightlifters. Long torsos, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, the much, yeah. uh, yeah. So it's easier to land, squat, mm-hmm. catch. I have this great video footage of our before and after of muscle activation oh, techniques, yeah, and your squat changing. So, uh, yes. I mentioned on one of the last podcasts about using the dorsivi. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say dorsivi, I like dorsivi. Uh, the, the, image capture sensors um using that to measure the efficiency mm-hmm. of you know the bottom of your squat which is like everything yep um great footage i'm gonna get it up at some point i, like I really it. am yeah no uh, it's, it's yeah it's just it goes not my strength it's you know there's reasons that's like when you get into the gym like people who are training you do tests like your warm-up is almost your test to see where your body's at that day Oh, yes. Like yes. if I've been working, which I don't like training at night, but sometimes it happens because mm-hmm. life, uh, I have a life <laughs> that's not just working out all the time. Um, that if I've been sitting all day or doing administrative style work, I'm tight. I'm, you know, so I'll test out like how are squats, how are lunges, how mm-hmm. does this feel? Oh, that's the, you know, it's, you test your body. You don't just assume like every single day, like this is going to be great today. Yeah. Or you don't assume it's going to be assume, crappy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You just got to see where things you might be like surprised by. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to grease, you know, grease in the wheels. Um, but it's, you know, learning your body. That's a great place to end. Um, here's the takeaway. Training and exercise are not the same thing. I have talked about why there are so many little parts of exercise that you can control, manipulate, and measure. Um, those are your small wins. Take the small wins. Yeah. Make a exercise sandwich. is a challenge to the body. Mm-hmm. It's a stress to the body. The amount of exercise you do has something to do with how much stress your body can handle or cannot handle. Are you going over the edge every day? Are you redlining? Are you not sleeping enough? All of these things go into that equation of how effective and your exercise and your training mindset will be. So training and exercise are not the same thing. Training is a mindset. Training is a process. Mm -hmm. Training is an education about yourself. It's, um, it's, you're going to challenge yourself physically and mentally and emotionally. Yep. I'd say mentally the most. Yes. Cause it's, yeah, yeah, I definitely say training is you're learning the mental sport of life, um, and how to go through life because you're not going to hash browns, uh, you're learning that training of life because you were learning 
how to set goals and how to understand that sometimes goals aren't always exactly a pathway forward. Sometimes it's a few steps to the left, steps to the right, that those are the gains you have and you create this, you know, wealth of things going on. Yeah. Oh, you're all so welcome audience. Yeah. Um, the quote that I picked up from uh, this book that I've read more than once, it's called the coaching habit. And you know, I'm trying to change people's mindset. So I want to know what they're thinking. So drawing out good questions is coaching, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, make your habits a resilient system. Is that the next podcast? It's the next podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Say back. yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and comment, like, dislike just give me some feedback on facebook and instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness